Holy fuckballs and a stick. It is another week. This is years gone by so fast. It's so insane. I swear I'm going to start writing 2019 on my checks already. Um, so let's do this. We still have our sponsors. Nobody's dropped out yet. Nobody's tapped out. Uh, let's start with, what do we want to start with? Shoe Dazzle. Uh, ShoeDazzle.com is a subscription shoe whore fantasy. So what it is, is you pay for a subscription, a monthly prescription, prescription, <laughs> subscription, and they send you shoes and accessories a month and you don't have to go shopping. It comes to your door and Christmas is coming. So any of your little shoe whores that you have, this is one of the perfect gifts. And because you listen to this, you get a prize, you get a present. Um, if you go on shoedazzle.com and use the promo code happy shoes, H-A-P-P-Y-S-H-O. Yes, you get $10 off your first subscription. So there you're saving on Christmas presents already. Like, fucking A. Awesome. Um, handy app. Um, everybody needs a good handy every once in a while. <laughs> handy app is your one-stop shop for anything that you need. Um, all you millennials that don't know how to do anything, use a screwdriver. Um, the screwdriver to you is vodka and orange juice. There's other types of screwdrivers, and HandyApp knows how to use them. HandyApp, you can get from pool cleaning to cleaning of your house to building anything. Um, they're super awesome. And HandyApp.com, if you use our promo code APPSAVE30, which is A-P-P-S-A-V-E-3-0, you get 30% off your first booking. So there you go. If you want to buy, if you buy something for your kids that you can't fucking build, Handy app will do it, and you get 30% off thanks to Happy Endings. Um, famous Smoke Shop. And <laughs> famous Smoke Shop is one of my, I think, one of my favorite sponsors just because it's cigars. It's cigars, and cigars are penis-shaped, and we all know I like penis. Um, so, <laughs> fuck. Uh, famous Smoke Shop, uh, we have two discounts for you. One is Hot 20, which is H-O-T-2-0, and you get $20 off your purchase of $145 or more. Or Hot 10, which is H-O-T-1-0, you get $10 off a purchase of $85 or more. Uh, we also have Dollar Days. Christmas is coming. Uh, stocking stuffers. Dollar Days is awesome. This is a website you will get lost in because they sell everything in bulk and Everybody likes things that are bigger and bulkier. I mean, look at me. Uh, <laughs> and Dollar Days also gave us two promo codes, which is Happy Endings 20, H A P P Y E N D I N G S 20, and you get $20 off your purchase of $200 or more. Or Happy Ending Ship, which is H A P P Y E N D I N G S S H I P, and you get a flat shipping rate of $9.95. And last but not least, Blue Apron. Blue Apron was actually one of our first sponsors, so we love them. Blue Apron is awesome. Everything comes to you. All the holidays are coming. We don't have time to shop. Nobody wants to run over the grandma going for the last cranberry can. Fuck that bitch. So um, Blue Apron brings the shit to you. They go grocery shopping for you, and they put it on your door. This Blue Apron is one of my favorite things ever. And if you go to blueapron.com slash happyendings, which is B-L-U-E-A-P-R-O-N.com slash H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S, you get 30% off your first box, which is awesome. Amazing. Okay, so this episode is Cassandra Cass. Cassandra Cass is one of my favorite people ever. 
Um, I met her at the comedy store, and she said I was the first person that was nice to her at the comedy store, which is sad, but whatever. Um, this episode just talks about her transitioning from a male into the gorgeous female that she is today. Uh, I do want her on the table again because I would love, she has so many stories and I just can't, all the nasty stories, of course, I want to hear. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Cassandra Cass. Cass. Fuck, fuck that up. Cassandra Cass. Crazy shit. All right. Should we start it? Like, because you're going to film it, should I, like, be like, hey, or no, or... Um, if you want to, we can also... Because I think visually I look really pretty, right? You know, with the hair and, you know, just like, I'm so excited. This is... You know, it just builds. I don't know what to do with my hands. Oh, that's okay. You... Don't don't overthink it. Yeah. Just be you, Joy. You're natural. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) You're so likable. Don't overthink it. Just be you. I don't know. He handed it to me last night after his massage. Well, actually, we need to get a picture, too. Oh, do you want to do that one first? Yeah. Yeah, before I get hammered. Take one with mine, too. Okay. You know, I airbrush it and make sure it looks, like, really... Okay. (laughs) And then Joey's just like, let's do it! Uh All right. You're going to have to hand me hers. Oh, that's selfie. Oh, my God. Is this what we do? This is what we do. Uh, Hold on. Is Um, it attractive? Yes, you're damn adorable. Your face. One, two, three. Should I do a crazy one? Hold on. Why does I don't flash on? Okay, one, two, three. Why is the flash on? <laughs> that seems so weird. Okay, ready? <laughs> one more, more. Okay. Oh wait, wait, no, go back up again. Okay, now go back down. <laughs> <laughs> you should do like a little video of it. Okay. Like a little like ah. <laughs> the okay, boomerang. Tell me, do a boomerang. Okay. Tell me one. Okay. Where are you? There you are. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, and where's your Instagram? There's your Instagram. Okay, ready? We're gonna okay. do boomerang, ready? Okay. Go. <laughs> That's what a blowjob looks like. Okay. We're doing VR. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> There's something so wrong about that. That is. Let me see. That was better. That's <laughs> like a blowjob. I love it. Okay, let okay. me see. Oh, you did that all with mine. I did oh, that. Okay. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Okay. Um. Now let's get. Um. I want to get a picture of you standing beside me, Joy. Like on this. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Okay. So let's get my boobs. Or yeah, like you could actually pretend like you're massaging. You know what I mean? Like, okay. It's just kind of just for fake. Is that cute? Oh, yeah. Second, and then do it sideways too, because then it can get the length. <laughs> oh, one more? Yeah. yeah. I'm crazy. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Okay, let me see it. And then I'll shut up and let you do your job. <laughs> see that? Oh my god. That's so seedy. I love it. <laughs> it's so like, what is she doing? Okay. Okay. Do Should I put my hair out? Yes. Can you hand me that cleanup? Yes. Oh. Yes. Put it off that way. Okay. Okay. Do you want me to put anything on here so I don't get makeup on it? No, because they go straight to the washer. Okay. No, I've had many faces left on that. <laughs> okay, what do I do with my... <laughs> there you go. Just get comfortable. Okay. okay. And by the way, you can always... Oh, you're filming that. Okay, cool. Yes. And we're recording it. Okay, cool. So this is going on the podcast. This is us starting. Should we start and I go, hi, everybody. I'm Cassandra. Yes. Get undressed, get under the sheets. 
Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen. So on the table today I have Cassandra Cass. <laughs> oh, I'm so ready. Okay, head down. Head down. Okay. Comfortable? Oh yeah, I'm really comfortable. So comfy. Oh, I love you. Oh. I love you. Did I ever tell you I was with this guy who made me give him a massage like 20 minutes before I could even touch his penis? Ew. Isn't that ridiculous? Yes. No. Wouldn't you think they'd want to go straight for the penis? Right? I know. Well, I think he was gay. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, we all know. I met him. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Look at your waist. I know. Stupid. Well, I eat at McDonald's all the time. Of course you do. So is this the point where I, like, talk about my story and... Yes. Well, first of all, have yeah. you ever had a massage before? I have, but not like this, which is kind of phenomenal. Not in a CD motel. No. Okay. I'm gonna thank you to you. our sponsor. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you to our sponsor, the Sahara Motor <laughs> The Sahara Motor Lodge. Yes, Motor Lodge, who is amazing for letting us do this. I've actually never massaged in a motel before. And I'm very excited. I could yeah. be the first. <laughs> we had no idea where we were going, and they gave us a home. We're not homeless. Yeah. And we appreciate them very, very, very much. And because I'm from the East Coast, I was like, they got to be fancy. They have a pool. They have so. a pool. <laughs> and we're in the Lucille Ballroom. I saw that. That was That's kind of cool. Yeah, all the rooms, that, well, they're not really themed. They just have faces outside have, the doors. But yes. Yeah. When I was walking in here, I actually got offered 20 bucks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, some guy was like, hey, after you're done, come to my room. Oh. <laughs> for 20? 20? I know. I'm at least a good 30. You're all bitch. That one will pay for my McDonald's. All right. Oh. <laughs> yes. So you've had one before. I have, but it was more, it wasn't like this. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So Cassandra Cass and I met almost a year ago. Right. It was raining. It was dark <laughs> it was. and gloomy. It was on Sunday. No, I was going to set the stage. Sorry, went into author mode there for a minute. Yes, so we met on Sunset in line for the Kill Tony show. Mm -hmm. And you had your calendar, <laughs> which I'm sure my kids have all jacked off to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Except for Brody, who's still figuring it out. Yeah, Brody just, yeah, Brody just probably licks his finger and rubs the pages. I don't, I don't know what Brody does. Works. There's something so wrong about that. How old's Brody? Seven. Oh, my God. I honestly didn't even, um, you know, I'm transgender, and I didn't even masturbate. I think the first time I ever did, I was 13, you know? But I was in Iowa, so there was a lot of shame associated with it. Now, did you grow up religious? Um, I grew up Catholic, but... Um, well, Catholic's a good one because after you get in trouble, you just say a couple of yeah, Marys and you're good again. Exactly. I mean, they send us to Sunday school, but my dad was like an alcoholic and a womanizer. Right. So it was kind of like confusing because, you know, you go to Sunday school and they're like, oh, be honest, do this. And then you go home and you're like, wait. Um, but what I liked about it was um, the structure. You know, like they pick you up at a certain time. You know, because at home, it would, there really wasn't any structure, and it kind of taught me um, 
you know, that the key to success is organization and, and things like that. But I remember in the second grade, um, the preacher called on me and he's like, he thought I was a little girl because I was very, very like effeminate okay. as a little boy. And um, I went up there and he was like, oh, so young lady, what do you know? But, and I was so happy, but then I sat down and that's when everyone started picking on me. No. You know, they're like, oh, you're, you know, and you start hearing all these words like, you want to be a girl or are you gay? Are you a fag? And I didn't even know what that was. Right. And, um, you know, I went home to my dad and I said, um, you know, and I didn't really talk to my dad. I was not close to him and I was actually quite scared of him. He was very masculine and, you know, and I said, dad, what's a, what's a, what's a fag? <laughs> You can imagine he's like, uh, you know, he just had the most awful look on his face, but didn't describe it. But I knew it wasn't something good. Right. Or at least that, that, that's what I felt. I don't remember the words. I just remember thinking, ooh, I don't want to be that. Uh-huh. But I always knew inside that I, I wished I would have been like a little girl. So I remember, um, you know, like at the time, Cabbage Patch dolls were really in and My Little Pony. And I would beg my mother and she would actually buy them for me. And my dad would always be like, you're going to make that kid a, a fag, you know. So right. I heard that word again. And um, so, you know, as I got a little bit older and I was like eight or nine, my parents got divorced. Okay. And um, I was super happy about that because I thought my dad was just awful. I didn't like them, and I loved my mom. I thought she was, you know, everyone thinks their mother is like Madonna, you know, like just amazing. Right. And um, so they got divorced, and then my mother kind of went batshit crazy, you know. She had been dealing with this narcissistic guy for, you know, 15 years, had four little boys within four years. and she Damn, was, yeah, mom. She was so overwhelmed, and she just kind of got addicted to drugs. And then she got like a boyfriend who was like much younger who just manipulated and used her. And then she ended up disappearing. So it was either going to group homes or going to live with my dad. Yay. So I went to go live with my dad, all of us. And that and how was. How old were you? Um, I was like eight, nine, oh, nine so years old. So it was old. like almost right away. Right away. She didn't last very long. Okay. okay. And yeah, because we thought once, you know, they were separated and everything, we thought, oh, yay. Uh uh. She went down quick. You know, Damn. and okay. yeah, it was rough. But um, I remember as a kid, like, they came to our house and they repossessed the house. And I had, like, you know, a dog and a cat and we had to leave our animals there. I mean, it was really, like, really dramatic. And then all our clothes were thrown into a big dumpster. And I remember all of us standing on the corner with trash bags, whatever we could grab, and then my dad picking us up. And yeah, it was just really awful. And then of course, after that happens, you, you want your mother, you want someone to comfort you. And my dad mm -hmm. was not like that. So of course we started all acting out. You know, I would not go to school and, you know, wouldn't um, really follow the rules. Not that there were any, but I just... Now, where mm, were you in the four? I was number three. Number three, okay. Yeah, so I was in that weird mix of... But I was always like the little star of the family. You know, they always say the middle child always really tries to overcompensate. Uh -huh. And that was me. I was always like, you know, the apple in my mom's eye. I was always the, the, the fun one who sung and danced and... You know, I wanted to wanted to be a performer. Right. But they, my parents weren't supportive. I mean, my dad, you know, thought it was very gay, and my mother was overwhelmed. So, basically, at that point, um, my younger brother was sent to a group home, 
And then um, I was sent to um, another group home, which honestly from, I think it was 12 to, I think 17, no, 12 to 16, I went to a group home, which was the best thing that ever happened because it's structure. It came back to structure again, you know? We would wake up, have to make our beds, you know, people couldn't really pick on you because, you know, they had, uh, you know, staff who would stop that if kids started, you know, messing with you. So I learned about, um, you know, about myself. And I knew, I didn't know I was transgender. I always knew I wanted to be a girl, but I didn't know what transgender was. Right. I just felt, and they thought I was gay. Because, you know, everyone, you know, if you're a boy and you're feminine, you're gay. They don't, they didn't really understand it. This was like the 90s, you know. Uh-huh. And, or people just weren't aware. Or they didn't want to be aware, really. So I remember um, we'd have to go to therapy in the group home. And I remember I had a female therapist and they said, oh, no, 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 we're going to change your therapist to a male. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you need a good male role model. I mean, it was just like, oh my God. I know it's stupid, Cute right? I roll, yes. Yeah. So, and then they gave me a book about like, what is, a, this is ridiculous. They gave me a book about what is a uh, a feminine role model and a male role model. Was it like, like Mike Pence? <laughs> I can't even remember, but it was so like, th- basically saying this is how a boy should act. And I was like, God, this is insane. And then I remember I got out of the group home and I went back to live with my dad. Okay. And uh, I was watching TV with my older brother and Tula came on, who is Carolyn Cossey. She was the famous Bond girl. Uh-huh. Who was, uh, really, she was the first uh, transsexual in Playboy. And she was on Maury Povich. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I want. That's who I am. You know, she, and I found out later, we're actually friends now, but, um, I found out that we both have the same birthday, you know, August 31st. It was just weird, but you know, we were, you know, a couple, like, you know, a good 20 some years apart, but, um, she was stunning, you know, from England and, um, some of the listeners might know who she is. Right. Um, Carolyn Cossey. But long story short, I told my brother, I'm like, that's what I want to be. And he was like, oh, well, she's a woman, you know, like, and I thought, oh, wow, he accepts her, you uh-huh. know. But then I realized later in life, people might accept people until it comes to one of theirs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's okay. They're gay until it's like, you're the one or you're the transsexual sister. Uh-huh. So then I went and I told my dad, I said, because I'm a go-getter. I don't wait around. Once I knew, you know, what I wanted to be, I was like, okay, I want to be this. Right. And I said, Dad, um, I came home and I said, listen, I really want to live my life as a woman. And he was reading the paper and he lowers the paper. And I remember this. I'll never forget this. He lowered the paper and he looked at me and he said, who is ever going to want to be with that? And who is ever going to love you? And keep in mind, this is my father. So you're thinking like, holy shit, I just opened up to him and he's telling me that no one's ever going to love me. And where's mom? Mom had disappeared. Okay. She had, you know, went on her drug binge. She had disappeared. I didn't know where she was. So I felt abandoned by her. I felt completely misunderstood by my father who told me no one was ever going to love me. So you can imagine. So I was confused. And so I took an overdose of pills. But I didn't want to die. I wanted to be heard. So I actually called the ambulance. (laughs) You know, I just (laughs) took it to kind of like freak them out, Uh you know, to wake them up. And I remember the look in my older brother's eyes that he actually, I could tell he was scared. 
you know, like maybe I was going to die or something. Uh-huh. And I remember the ambulance came, and I had really long hair at the time because I was growing it out. And they thought I was a woman. You know, they're like, oh, miss. And I'm like, no, that's the whole problem. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be me and nobody supports me. So at this point, after I got out of the hospital, they pumped my stomach. They put me in like, you know, they put you in like a little mental institution. Because, uh-huh. of course, you got to be crazy. Because, right. you know, not looking at the problem, which is maybe you're not being heard. Maybe you're misunderstood. But anyways... That was another, honestly, every place other than home was the best thing for me. And when I was in there, you know, they had therapists and I, I got to learn about stuff and, you know, and then I got out and I was like 17 and um, I had to, see, I was held back in school when I was like in kindergarten because I was really young. Uh-huh. And then in second grade, I had um, ADD. So I just had a really hard time, like, um, focusing. Uh I've always been a really creative person, but it's really hard for me to, like, focus on, like, paperwork. and. That's how my middle is. Yeah, Yeah. but it doesn't mean I learned later in life. It doesn't mean you're stupid. No. But, you know, then I thought, oh, my God, I'm dumb, and didn't realize I had other gifts. Right. So at that point, um, you know, I went to school, high school, and, of course, that was a nightmare. You know, oh, God, yeah. Kids were, like, just horrible. I mean, they would kick me. I would just, I was spit on. Um, you know, I try not to even think about this now, you know, because it's like, ugh, it's just so depressing. Right, you almost remove yourself from yeah, it. Like, I had that's to. That's not my past. That's how I feel about my ex, because mm. it was so abusive that I'm like, eh, that w- it can't be me. That wasn't you. Yeah. No, yeah. I completely, well, I mean, obviously not to your extent. No, but, but that. I get it, yes. But, Joy, that also primes us to be abused because we have this ability to almost, like, be abused and then almost put it aside, which allows the abuser to come back again. Yes. Almost like we restart. And I learned as an adult, I've, I've been loved. I have been in a very healthy relationship, but I've also been abused by, you know, some men. And I was always, like, thinking, like, why? And then I realized that sometimes my, my strength and my ability to put things away works against me. You know, because they could treat me like shit, then I don't talk to them for a month, and then I feel better, my confidence is back, and you kind of put it away. And you're like, right. oh, let's start over. Right. But right. they don't change. No, they don't. So, long story short is, um, you know, I, I dropped out of school and I went to work. You know, I got, like, jobs at fast food and, and you know, started living on my own, which was uh, very exciting, very scary, but also very exciting. Right. And I, of course, I gravitated towards the, the gay scene because, you know, they were people who were fun and creative and accepting. Accepting, yes. And, uh, you know, I started becoming a performer. I started out doing drag. And I was pretty good at it. You know, I, I love to perform, and they seemed to enjoy what I was doing. Um, and then from that, I remember I was working, and uh, they would always have out-of-town performers come in. And there was this beautiful, like, I guess, transgender woman. And I didn't, I'd never seen one in person at the time. And her name was Mimi Marks, and she was stunning. She was from Chicago, and she was, like, blonde and blue-eyed and... Everything I wanted to be, just uh-huh. a bombshell. 
I, I'll never forget she was wearing like a blue jean dress and you know in Iowa that was hot <laughs> you know what I mean like it was <laughs> she's very holding corn yeah she's holding corn <laughs> all American from what you know I thought that's what I wanted to be it smelled like apple pie apple pie <laughs> which is so funny because all these people I admired 20 years you know I'm friends with them now and I actually recently visited her in Chicago and she was like oh my god I'm so amazed by what you're doing. And it was such a full circle moment. Right. You know, to be like, really? I used, you know, I looked up to you and now you're telling, it's just, it's crazy. But, um, so I decided that I need to get the hell out of Iowa because, you know, there was nothing going on, you know, I couldn't really transition. And my mother had come back into my life briefly and she was dying of cancer. I know this is like, oh my God. And how old are you now? Um, At this point, she came back in, uh, like, 21, 22, and uh, we reconnected. Like, I really, I love my mother, you know, and I basically was very angry at her. I couldn't understand why she would leave. And I I understand now, you know, a good 20 years later, but in my early 20s, I still was full of anger and... But I did, I was there for her. My other brothers would not even talk to her. I would, you know, take her grocery shopping. She was on like an oxygen tank. You know, I would, I would, you know, bathe her. It was like, you know, I am a full circle moment. But anyway, she died and that was really traumatic. But it also taught me that life is short. And I decided, okay, I need to start living my life as Cassandra. And my mother's name was Sandra. Right. And my name originally was Casey, which, you know, Cassandra was just a natural transgression towards that. And I also love, like, Greek mythology, goddesses, and all that stuff. And, uh... Of course you would look at the camera. Right. I just believe... Let's be real. This is just a body. Like, it it is. I kind of look at it like Miss Potato Head. You know, you can add parts, take away parts, but what is important to me and always has been has been my heart. Yes. It's always been about really trying to put joy into the world, literally joy. I'm here. <laughs> because I've experienced so much pain and rejection and I just I didn't want to facilitate that. I didn't want to be someone to be like that. And we all know in the middle of potatoes is some of the most delicious stuff you will ever taste. And it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that you, girl thinking. And you fry it. I, you know, I still, I just buy potatoes and I'll cut them up and bake them. Uh-huh. You know, like little like potato like French fries because they're good. But anyways, um, so at that point, I decided that I wanted to move to Florida because that's where all the like most beautiful transgender women were from at the time. Really? Okay. Yeah. So my best friend, he was a, a kindergarten teacher. His name was Joe, and he's like, "Listen, I'll move down for the summer with you." Uh, yeah right I've been and he's still my friend I, I mean 20 you. plus you would love him when he comes out I'll introduce you okay so uh he and me basically uh I packed everything up in the car I threw away all my boy clothes and I decided I'm gonna start living as Cassandra and okay he, so no surgeries. no yet. surgeries just hormones so uh, okay I had like a maybe like a little a cup booby but I mean what you see before you now is probably like three hundred thousand dollars worth of cosmetic work and uh what I try to hum I said worth it thank you but what I tell people is I was always like a pretty boy but if you give the most beautiful girl like testosterone it's gonna ruin her you know it changes skin it makes things bigger you know I mean you got a lot of people don't understand how powerful hormones are no yes yeah so I mean people who do like you know testosterone or steroids or stuff like that kind of get it Mm -hmm. so 
we moved to Florida, and I, I moved down there, and I thought, you know, oh, I'm Cassandra. Life's going to be great. Uh, no. Um, I started, you know, I mean, there's a lot of transphobia. Like, I could not get a job. I, I would go around. I would apply to everywhere. I applied to McDonald's. I applied, I mean, people would not hire me because I wasn't passable, which means, you know, it was very obvious that I was obviously a boy and okay. trying to live my life as a girl. And, I mean, I just saw the most hateful, hateful side of people. I mean, I would walk Oof. into places and they would just burst out laughing and, you know, just in my face. You know, just, I mean, like I wasn't even a human being. And I'm such a tender heart. I just was like, couldn't understand it, you know. But, um. Well, anybody, if you walk in somewhere and they burst out I know. laughing, it's just like, ooh. It's, ooh. I mean, it's just not even good manners. But no. for some reason, they felt that it was okay. You know, this was once again before the trans movement and education. I mean, it's still, there's still ignorance, but it was insane. So I remember I, I, I was walking through uh, Nordstrom and I was going in the mall and this gay guy, thank God for the gay boys, came yeah. up to me and he's like, oh, you're so pretty. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Well, I need a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And he's like, well, I have a friend who's hiring. You know, why don't you fill out an application? And it was a place called Trade Secret. Once again, a secret, always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So it was like a hair care place. And so I filled out the application, went in there and gave it to the guy. And I thought I just, ooh, God, that is, aren't I really tense? You are really tense. Ooh. Oh my Your God. shoulders aren't oh. even like, eh. Oh my God. <laughs> so um, I went in there and filled out this application. I thought I had the job. And he's like, oh no, thanks for, thank you for, you know, applying. So I thought, I was pissed. And, you know, I was very pretty woman. Like, I was I was kind of street smart, and I would, my emotions got the best of me. Oh, did you walk in and be like, big mistake? Yeah, pretty big. much. Oh, mm -hmm. So I walked in, and I grabbed the application out of his hand, and I ripped it up. I crumbled it up and ripped it up. And he's and threw it in the trash. I said, well, thanks for nothing, and walked out. So long story short is my friend who had got me, you know, like the application, calls me and says, Cassandra, go back in there. I went back in there, and the guy was um, gay, and he said, listen, you have the job. Can you believe that? Like, he saw, like, he wanted to help me. I mean, I could almost cry. Because mm -hmm. I think beneath, like, the attitude he saw that just someone wanted to be given a chance. Right, you just needed a I start. just needed a chance. Yes. I didn't want to, you know, and, and prostitution was so prevalent in the, you know, transgender community because, you know, you couldn't get a job and, you know, people wouldn't hire you and you're like, how am I going to make money? And n not to be rude, but there's all these, like, really deviant, predatory guys out there. And, oh, yeah. You know, that's why, for me, I've never been a big fan of prostitution because I don't like the idea of being able to buy someone, you know? Mm. But I also understand how some people are put in positions that they feel they have no other way. Right. I just I just wish we lived in a society that that wasn't the case. I agree. So long story short is um, I got the job Yay. and I was a receptionist and I, you know it was funny because I'm working around you know hair care and beauty and it's it's just really funny so I'm learning how to become my authentic self. I'm learning about makeup. I'm learning how I should dress. And it's, but people would still come in and they, you know, could tell, you know, that I started out, you know, as a different gender. Right. And they were, once, I mean, people, uh, people were just so mean. 
I hate to say that, but it's the truth. I don't want to honeycoat it. I mean, people would come up, and I remember this lady. She had a Louis Vuitton purse, and she slams it down on the counter, and she's like, has anyone ever told you that you sound like a man? Just out of the blue. And I said, well, yes, they have, because I am one. <laughs> you know, I always had a little bit of attitude, but then I would go in the back and cry, you know, right. when she left, and I was like, God damn it. And as I got older, now that I'm older, I'm like, wow. I know better now. When someone tries to make fun, I realize that they're just miserable. And they're jealous. They're jealous, or, or they're just wanting, I mean, because I see people, you know, who maybe aren't in a position that I'm blessed to be in right now, and why would I go out of my way to make them feel like crap? No. I, I just will never understand it. So at that point, I met, um, you know, I would go to the gay clubs, and I there were beautiful transgender women, so I befriended them. You know, if you want to be something, you should surround yourself. I agree. With them. So just like... I'm around a bunch of pretty people because it's going to happen, right? Oh, you are pretty. <laughs> and, and comics and stuff, you know. So long story short is um, I became friends with a lot of the girls. And I learned about, you know, where they got their surgeries. You know, where you should go. What you should get done. You know, things to soften you. Uh-huh. And I remember that I would, went to this support group because I also didn't want to just be in the party scene. Like, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I might look like a party girl, but I'm not. Right. I'm like, so I remember I went to this support group and I met this older guy. His name was Jerry. And he was like 60. And you could tell he wanted to transition, but he felt it was too late in life for him. And I was, you know, in my early 20s. And he just really, like, became enamored with me. He thought I was super funny and, you know, always wanted to be around me and took me out. And he would take me shopping. And and um, I remember, you know, he tried to make a move. And I was like, Jerry, I, I don't feel that way about you. Mm-hmm. You know, I that's just not how I feel. And he's like, no, it's okay. But then, you know, I knew I needed a nose job and needed some work. And he offered to pay for it. And I was like, oh, okay. But I remember I went and got it done. So the nose was the first? The first. The okay. first surgery was my nose. And I got my Adam's apple done. And that was the first. And I remember coming out. And it was like Pretty Woman. Jerry was pretty well off. He was like a pharmaceutical representative or something. And I remember um, he, and he really loved me. He really did. But I just, you know, I mean, I just didn't feel that way about him. But I was always very clear. You know, uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't, you know, have sex with him or any, or even try any of that. Uh-huh. But um, I remember he tried, like my face was all bandaged up and he had rented this like beautiful suite. You know, it had like, you know, flowers. Was and, it at the Sahara Motel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Sahara Motel. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it's, honestly, it was like Pretty Woman. I mean, I've always loved that movie, and he just didn't look like Richard Gere. <laughs> he didn't have a gerbil up his ass. Okay. No, he did not. So at this point, oh, I love it. So, um, at this, <laughs> so, um, at this point, he, um, you know, tried to make a move on me, and I'm like, Jerry, I don't. I don't feel that way. Oh, he was trying because you were all drugged yes, up. Yes, I was like, yes. Like, I mean, come on. I remember he was reaching for my crotch, and I'm like, my nose is all bandaged up, and I'm like. And your crotch is still a boy's crotch. It's still a boy's crotch, okay. yeah. Okay. So um, it was just really, really like, you know, I told him. And then um, I decided that I wanted to move to L.A. I've always wanted to move to Hollywood. Always. Hollywood. Hollywood. I just Hollywood. didn't know how to get there. And I didn't want to come to Hollywood until I was ready. 
you okay. know, until I felt I looked the way I wanted to. Even though I didn't feel I looked the way I wanted to at the time, I thought I did. You know, I thought, oh, I had my nose job, and now I can go take over Hollywood. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. So um, uh, Jerry was like, well, I would like to get you an apartment, you know, and put me up. You know, very pretty woman. You know, like when I was a, a little kid, I, you know, dreamed of a, you know, you know that whole uh -huh. thing, you know, riding in on his horse and he didn't say hey I'll put you up in an apartment what was that movie or what was that song fancy Reba, fancy Reba don't Mac? let me yeah. no 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 Dolly Parton right or no Reba, Reba. 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 okay damn it I had it right the first time I'm so gonna edit that so it sounds like I had it right the first time <laughs> nope it's on the video I know right I know I keep making stupid moves and I'm like oh yeah I'm being recorded no you're like, being because you guys are face down. You have no idea the stupid shit I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy the occasional, like, booty tooch that you do. What like, does she do? She just, she's just, like, she tries to get leverage, and then she just, like, tucks her bum up. Oh, I love like that. like a little duck. So, uh, <laughs> at this point, oh, my God, this is totally, like, what I did to that former boyfriend. Like, giving him a massage, it was so much work. It was so much work just to get some dick. Like, yeah. I went through all this, and now I still got to give a massage to get some dick. Okay, so anyway. Emily and I know about trying to get dick, because John's still out to sea, um, and Emily's has been gone for ten months now? Nine. Nine. Nine months? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Donald Trump. We really love immigration. <laughs> but you know what's funny for me? It, it hasn't really been about the dick. It's just a lot of the guys I've been with have been emotionally unavailable, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of women are... The, the way you feel closest through sex sometimes. Like, that's the closest, you know? Uh -huh. But that also is when you're probably with the wrong guy, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, long story short is, um, there was this uh, transgender, and her name was Marilyn, of course. Everyone, Aww. Yeah, she wanted to be Marilyn Monroe, except yeah, she was like, oh. yeah, right. No, she kind of was rough. I mean, she was like 40-something, then she was like 6'4". And, like, when she went to get her nails done, they charged her double because her hands were so big. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But um, we were going to move. She was going to move to San Francisco. So she was like, let's move to San Francisco. And I got like, okay, that's that's California. That's not Hollywood, but that's closer that's than closer. Florida. So long story short is she ended up flaking out on me. And I'd given up my apartment. I'd given up everything. You know, because I stayed with her for a month because we were prepping to move. So at this point... I'm like, what am I going to do? I'd given up my job. So I had to call my dad. And I called my dad. And I'm like, look, you know, I don't know what to do. He's like, you can come home. So I came home. And for, and my dad, you know, this, when my dad saw me, he's like, wow, you're really pretty. I'm like, thank you. So I went back to performing in the bars to save money in Iowa. Uh -huh. And then I, I needed a job. So I had, a, you know, a bunch of gay friends. But of course, they, Still, there's still a lot of transphobia. This guy was like, oh, I can give you a job at the Holiday Inn, um, not the Sahara. Um, but he said, you can't work the front counter because we can't have you with the customers. Yeah, yucky, right? Real shitty. That made me feel good. But anyways, he gave me a job, and I was a maid. And so I would come in, and I liked to, in my head, I thought, I'm Cinderella. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I, that's what I do. I, you know, and I'll tell you, the hardest job I've ever had was being a maid. Mm -hmm. It is such hard work. People are pigs. But I did it. I saved money. And then I met another transgender girl, and she wanted to move to California. So for a year, I worked really hard. And we, 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 I had an 89 Oldsmobile, a really old piece of shit car. 
So I drove my car, she drove hers, and we moved. She knew someone in San Francisco. So once again, I was like, well, it's not Hollywood, but, you know, it's closer. Uh-huh. So I drove, and, the, and I had a cassette. My car was so old, it only had, like, a cassette player, you know, my cassette tape. My first car was an 89 T-Bird. <laughs> right. So I listened to Madonna's causing a commotion the whole way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thinking I was, you know, going to cause a commotion and take over the city. I come in, and, and we were supposed to stay with her friend, and once we got in town, her friend is like, oh, no, you guys can't stay here. So we're like, what are we going to do? So there was um, a genetic woman who was there, and she's like, well, you can stay with me. And, you know, so we thought, okay, well, we'll sleep on her living room floor. Come to find out later, she's a meth head oh, and a prostitute. And, I, you know, I was like, fuck. So Welcome to California. Welcome to California, baby. And so after that... Um, it was funny because there was this transgender bar in the Tenderloin, which is in San Francisco, which is kind of like a very seedy neighborhood called the Tenderloin. The Tenderloin. And it's called the Tenderloin because they usually have a bunch of drug addicts and prostitutes just walking the streets. And keep in mind, I'm from Iowa, so I had not been around that. I was right. so naive. You know, I'm, I was just like, hi, good morning. What are you, are you working out today? It's like, honey, I'm trying to get some money, <laughs> you know. See, that's funny, though, because, like, when people are like, I'm from Iowa, I feel like when people think that we grow up in California, like, our first grade, we have lessons on meth heads. And we do, I do. Because <laughs> I had no idea either. Oh. And then, like, it's funny because people are like, I'm from Iowa. I'm like, I'm from California, and I still had no idea the person that was super skinny was because she was doing crystal meth yeah. and I wanted to know her diet like mm-mm. yeah oh yeah and so at at this point I you know go to this transgender bar and I've always been a pretty good performer I'd make my own costumes and which are beautiful thank you so but that's where I would put my pain because let's keep it real um life can be mean and evil so I would put I would make beautiful things because they would make me happy. I love that sentence. That's very yeah, That's a my, good sentence. completely. So at this point, um, I I won a talent night at the bar. Uh, you know, like I performed, I won, and then the bartender was like, um, "What's your name?" I'm like, "I'm Cassandra." I said, "I really need a job." You know, like I, I didn't hide. I was like, "I need a job." And she's like, well, have you ever bartended before? I said, no, but I, I would, you know, be gladly learn. It's like, okay, we have a shift that starts at uh, 6 a.m. in the morning Ooh. to 12. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. And let me tell you, you want to know who comes into a bar at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Sad people. Sad. I mean, I've seen it all. I mean, I've seen, you know, drug addicts, prostitutes. I mean, just everything. I've seen people having sex in the restroom. I mean, but you know what? Which is so crazy, and I don't even understand why. Through it all, I still have this ability to be very childlike. You know, I didn't become bitter. You know, I was always still, like, kind of naive. And I realized that that has been my survival technique. You know, and not to take it all in. You know, like, I didn't really become friends with the girls. I kept a distance. Um, I would be by myself a lot because I knew that I didn't want to get in, involved in that world. But I remember I wouldn't date anybody. You know, the guys would ask, would you like to go on it? No, nope. But then this one guy, um, he came in and he had tattoos. He's rough around the edges. Didn't even like him. That's how it always starts out. Always. Just thought like, ugh, he's a jerk. He looks like a player. 
And uh, the bar manager is like, why don't you go with him to pick up my dinner? You know, because he, he was going to pick it up for her. So I went with him, and honestly, I wasn't attracted to him, but I was kind of promiscuous. So, you know, we ended up doing whatever. And I was just like, ugh, whatever, I'm done. But he did something nice for me. I didn't have a bed, and he gave me his bed. He was moving. And that just, I was done. I thought, because nobody was ever nice to me. So just for someone to even be somewhat nice, and I just kind of fell right there. Come to find out he was a pimp. (laughs) Oh, my God. And a drug addict and a liar and a cheat. So I proceeded to have two years. Yeah. (laughs) Two years of hell with that situation. You know, because he was my first person that I actually ever really said I love you to. And uh, so I didn't want to give up on him, you know, but he just destroyed me. I allowed him to, you know, I just didn't have the coping skills. Long story short was this uh, couple came in and it was like this, uh, they were in their 40s and 50s, you know, the woman. And and they came in, I was bartending and I was dressed as uh, Goldilocks. You know, I had a big, I always would dress up. I'm always dressed up and crazy. I love the fantasy of it all. And uh, they came in, and, and they were, and we just hit it off. And I found out that they were going through. They had been married for twenty odd some years, and they were, you know, probably going to get a divorce. And they were trying to reconnect. So they thought, oh, let's reconnect. Let's go to a, a transgender bar. They just walked in and thought, you know, I, I thought they were swingers. I was going to ask. That's what I thought, but I found out later that. Um, they just kind of like fell in love with me. You know, I, I, I became a really good performer and I was performing at different places in the city. I got another, I worked three jobs. I got another job at Asia SF, which was like a, a transgender show bar. And then I would work every Sunday at Este Noches. So I was, I was supporting myself and I was doing it honestly. Uh-huh. You know, I, I wasn't selling my body. I, I, you know, didn't have a sugar daddy or anything like that. I was, and you know, honestly, it was probably one of the happiest times in my life. Right, because it's fun when you don't have to depend on anyone. Fun, but you also... But then there came a time that I was, like, lonely. You know, because it was work, work, work. And I I, I was, you know, like, 27, 28. And I was like... You almost get to a point you're like, I want to be in love. You know, like, you're almost... You're ready for it. And unfortunately, when you're ready for it, the first person who might not be the best person walks in and I was, like, sold. And that was Patrizio. You know, Italian. So, um, we gotta get you away from the Italians. Oh, no, I'm done. Okay. I'm done with the Italians. The reason I was always drawn to Italian because they, uh, the men can be very passionate, you know, and very, um, artistic. And I've met, but anyways, long story short, so, um, I became friends with them and I got on CSI because I was still, you know, working on, you know, acting and trying to get out there. And I got a part on CSI as a showgirl, like a bitchy showgirl. I had seven lines. It was a hundredth episode. And at the time, uh, Kate Walsh, who went on to do private practice, that she was just breaking out. Okay. And she was like, had a main part in the show and Marge Helgenberger. And I filmed it and I thought... We're flipping you over. Yeah. Yay. Oh, oh my God. I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. And scoot down that way. Down? Like there? A little bit more. That way I can get your shoulders. Perfect. All right. That is like so opening me up. Oh, wait, you might want to go down a little more. I'm a liar. Okay. I'm a liar. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Oh, my God. This, like, kind of puts you to sleep. <laughs> See? I know what I'm doing. 
You're great. Oh my god. Okay, so CSI. Okay. Kate so Walsh. I got on CSI and, and this was um I think uh 2007. So at this point I thought, wow, I have made it big because it was the number one show. Right. And I was like, I have seven lines, I got a SAG card. I was like, okay. Get ready, world. I'm going to do it, you know? Uh-huh. Well, after that, there were nothing. There were no... You know, I was transgender. Nobody was casting. I mean, you know, I'd walk in and no, I couldn't even get an agent. You know, like, people just kind of like, no. Uh, I remember I went into the top agent in San Francisco and he said, well, not to be rude, but what are we going to do with a person like you? And I was like... And I had a calendar because I produced my own calendar, the first one. Uh-huh. Because people would always want to take a picture. I thought, okay, well, I'm going to sell a calendar. Oh, yeah. You know, so I... But so long story short, I said, well, what do you see in that calendar? What? Because on the cover, I see a beautiful woman. Because I'd had work. And I was uh-huh. really pretty. And... But they couldn't, you know... They didn't see a place for me. I said, just send me on the auditions. Let me use my personality. Let You know, because I knew that I would be a have to be a little bit of a pioneer. Uh-huh. I said, but just let me, they wouldn't represent me. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, hmm, what am I going to do? I heard about this pageant, this uh, transgender beauty pageant, and it was called the World's Most Beautiful Transsexual, and they were going to do it in Las Vegas. So I applied for that, and I decided, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And I rented, like, a silver, like, what are those cars, those 300 cars? Do you know, like, those... Do you know what I'm talking about? Like those Chryslers that kind of look like Bentleys? No. Anyways, I rented well. it. <laughs> I know, right? Fancy car. Fancy car. Okay. I rented it, and I put pictures of me all over the car. And I had a bunch of friends, and we all drove down there. I had a hairstylist, a design. Because I'm telling you, I'm a go-getter. Really? And I worked, and I, you know, I, I had money, and I saved my money. And um, we went in there, and I didn't know, but they were filming a documentary. And I stood out so much that they said, would you like to be part of the uh, six people or five people that we're going to follow? I'm like, yeah, sure. So they ended up, you know, following me in the competition, learning my life story, going in my, you know. And, and, but anyways, this, this doc, I didn't win the competition, didn't even get in the top ten because I, I uh, fell off the stage. I mean, I, okay, I was in swimsuit and they had, I had these sandals that were wrapped around like the strings that go all the way up to your knee and they came off and they wrapped around my, oh, no. I know, but it's See, such. It just makes me happy because it shows that even pretty people fall all and the time. I love it. Like, but I got back up. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. And to me, that's what I always has been felt so beautiful about my story. People want to think it's easy and I'm like, no, it's very legally blonde. You know, I've had my heart broken, I've had this, but I refuse to stop, you know? Right. So at this point, um, you know, I didn't get in the top ten, but the documentary ended up coming out on Showtime. And the documentary was the number one documentary for Showtime that year. They, they debuted it on Valentine's Day. And from that, I got a lot of exposure. And so the producers from that decided to do a reality show. And they, they wanted to choose three of the people from, and I was one of them. And they chose Maria Roman and Tiara Russell. Maria was Puerto Rican, Tiara was African American, I was the white girl. And it was based on the simple life. So for a month, we traveled around in a Winnebago to small towns and we worked crazy odd jobs. We like worked at a motorcycle shop, a bikini, we had a bikini car wash. Now keep in mind, this was before Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. This was probably like eight years ago and a lot has changed in eight years. Right. And I remember, um, I thought, once again, I'm on Showtime. We got our own show. 
here we are, big world, made it, right? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. The show, we filmed eight episodes, and they put it on at midnight after oh. the porn hour. Mm -hmm. And I remember when um, we, we had the big uh, debut in Hollywood, because uh, I lived in San Francisco at the time, and I drove down, and um, we had it at a club, and Getty Images was supposed to be there. Now I know, because if anyone understands Hollywood, it's all about getting a Getty image. Uh -huh. You know, getting, like, the the great photographers to shoot you, and then it gives you, like, validation or validity, you know, mm -hmm. like you're a star. And they were supposed to show up, but Showtime said, and I don't care, Showtime, I'm talking. Okay, the people who were in charge at the time said no. And I said, well, why? And they said, well, we look at you as a guilty pleasure. Mm. Which basically, they didn't look at us as really someone they wanted to associate with, but they would still put us on at the porn hour. Yeah. Yeah. And our show was not full of sex, was not full, you know, it was comedy. It was fun. It was fun. And it was, you know, it was called Wild Things, and um, it was really fun. It was really ahead of its time. So after that, you know, nothing happened, and I kind of was like, fudge. You know, so I just went back to performing. And I fudge got, means fuck for all yeah. the listeners who have no idea what fudge means. I know. So I got into a relationship, and I met, um, well, do you remember the swinger couple? Uh-huh. Oh, God. Well, long story short was... I was with that abusive boyfriend. They said, if you lose that, if you leave that boyfriend, we will pay for your SRS, which is, you know, sex change, which, you know, they make the Audi and any. And I'm like, well, I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm done, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, I loved him, but I knew he was just awful. And, and did uh, you have boobies yet? I did. Okay. I had boobies. I had a nose shop. So I was, I was pretty. Right. You know, I wasn't like, you know, I, over time I got prettier and prettier, whatever, I guess. But, um, so at that time, um, I got the SRS, but you know, when you love someone, you don't want to give up on them. Mm -hmm. I, my biggest issue has been giving up on people, you know, or quit. Honestly, you know what it is? It's not giving up on people. It's believing in myself that mm -hmm. I deserve better. Mm -hmm. So I stay, and I think a lot of women or people, they stay way too long mm -hmm. because they just don't want to believe that this person's a piece of crap. Because when you love someone, you see the best in them. Right. So after my change and stuff, I um, the couple who paid for it were good friends. And then the guy, he's like, Cassandra, I'm in love with you. Of course he is. Yeah. But we were friends, you know what I mean? Like, we, we enjoyed hiking, nothing sexual ever happened. And then I said, well, I can't do that. And so I, I went back and I, I found that boyfriend. And I thought, okay, now I have the full SRS. I'm in a better position. I can help him. You know, he was into drugs and whatever. On a good note, he did get a job. And he did, you know, go to work. And But you know what, once trust is broken, you can't go back. Mm -hmm. You know, every time the phone would ring or something, I was like, who's that? Right. You know, and it just, and honestly, he was was up to no good. He was just better at hiding it. Mm -hmm. they, they become better. Right. And you just become crazy and nuts and miserable. And I started eating and gaining weight. And so a year went by. <laughs> Sorry. No. I should probably shut that off. Oh, oh my god, okay. Long so okay. Um, that's a friend. Not that type of friend. Okay, so um so long story short is um uh okay, where am I? Okay, so his name was Mike, you know, and the um the couple, uh -huh. the, the guy. 
And I had never, honestly, because I grew up in an abuse situation, I didn't know what love was. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know what love was. I didn't understand it. The only thing I knew is that every time I was around Mike, I felt like I could do anything. I felt like he looked, I loved the way he looked at me. You know, not in a sexual way. He looked at me. I remember one time I had a picture and I just, he just stared at I mean, just total like awe, uh -huh. you know? And I just, I was like, I don't know what love is, but wow. I mean, so long story short, as I said to Mike, I said, um, I said, I'm not going to be your mistress and I'm not going to cheat. You know, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and keep in mind, I had just come out of a really abusive situation. Right. Like I had bruises all up and down my arms and... I was not my right frame of mind and I was desperate. And I literally broke up with Patrizio and the next day was with Mike. Uh -huh. Which anybody would could tell you that that's probably not the healthiest. Right. I didn't want to be alone. And I remember his wife calling me and she's like, Cassandra, how could you? And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, But when I look back on it, the truth is they were done a long time ago. She was hanging on too. That doesn't make it right. Right. My biggest regret is that in my whole life, my biggest regret is that she had to get hurt, you know, and I didn't understand that because at the time I was like, you know, my later 20s, I don't think I had the empathy that I do now. Mm -hmm. Now I like, am so, I mean, I cry about it like, oh my God, what must she have been going through? Can you imagine like your friend and everything? And I, I mean... But I didn't, you know, I didn't see that then. I, I thought, well, you know, they're not happy together, and I was so desperate for to be taken care of and loved and fixed. But anyway, so me and Mike were together, and it was love. I mean, it was. I mean, we were together for nine years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he just it was a booty call, right? You know. And so, long story short, we were together for nine years, and um, then all the Kate or the Caitlyn stuff started happening. You know, Caitlyn Jenner. Mm -hmm. And so I started seeing all these people that I knew. I knew Laverne Cox before she hit it big. We were right. at the Glad Awards night. She was on the cover of Time and Cosmo. And I'm like, wow, good for her. But I want to get, you know, I want a piece Hi. of that pie. I've lived this life. But, you know, I was busy making meatloaf, being Mike's wife. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I said I need to move to Hollywood. And we, our relationship had definitely grown apart. We were still best friends, but the chemistry, the sex, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. we were like roommates. And so that's why, that's what I'm saying. When you're honest and upfront, that's why we were able to separate, but still not have the drama of it all. Right. You know, like they say, can you be ex-friends with your ex? Yeah, you can if they're a good person and it, it ends in a, a respectful way of communication. I mean, we just talk today. I mean, we talk every day. So I moved to Hollywood. How long ago? Uh, three years ago. Okay. And at that point, you know, um, you know, I actually got a TV show called Strut that was produced by Whoopi Goldberg and uh, another gentleman by the name of Cece Ossiaton. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. If he sees this, he'll probably kill me. But that uh, went on to win a GLAAD award for best reality program last year, which is really a big thing. GLAAD award is like on um, the Oscars in the gay community. Uh -huh. And uh, we were on Oxygen and Bravo. And so I did that, and I've been performing. I, I got hired by a diamond dealer, <laughs> and I got to travel the world and perform and everything. And, uh, you know, but then I got caught up in another really crappy situation once again, mm -hmm. you know, with the, with the guy who worked for him who was, you know, honestly 
probably more abusive than anyone I've ever met in my life because I realized that abuse can happen in different ways. Yeah. Before, with Pat, it was more physical. With this other guy, it was mental. Right. And one thing I learned that the worst abuse is mental because it makes you question your sanity. It makes you question your worth. I mean, it has been... So, you know, recently, you know, um, we he dumped me. <laughs> I'm Yay. like... Which is so crazy because I, like, would, like not be with him and then he came to me and said oh I want to be with you and I gave him a chance and then he dumped me right. it's just really sick and twisted and uh, so now I'm in the recovery phase of that you know it's, yeah and I mean it's just a day by day thing and I'm just learning about myself again and being on my own and realizing it's okay to be on your own I love that and, yeah, and, and we're going to get you back on Yes. And we're going to find out how you're doing. Yep. And I'll massage you again with your perfect stupid body. Oh, stop. Ugh, you're <laughs> so pretty. And yes, like I could talk to you for hours. It sucks that I actually have another massage coming. Oh, in. yeah. You're like, shut up. No, I'm not. No, I'm <laughs> almost like, oh, can we call and cancel the other one? No. But no, we, I love him too. Um, so, yes, we will get yes. you on. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything? Yeah. Um, go. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Go to my Instagram page. It's uh, CassandraCast21, and you can friend me and just see my journey. Um, you know, I'm working on comedy and getting back another TV show. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, but... So, yeah. Thank you, Joy. No, thank you. for Kill Tony. Yes, yes, and she's on Kill Tony, yeah. and we love her. She's going to be huge one day and then we're talking we're going to be like remember i yeah. massaged you and touched yeah. you naked i'm huge now <laughs> you are huge now <laughs> all right bye. bye have a good day bye be relaxed okay. um Pause. what we need to do though joy is we need to get a little instagram thing okay all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you'd enjoyed it. Cassandra is one of my favorite people. I love her. Um, also, I don't know if you guys know this, but on YouTube under Happy Endings with Joy Eileen, we actually have some video of me massaging. Like We have the full video of Cassandra Cass being massaged by me. So if you want to see what it looked like, you can do that. And if you can, guys, like, subscribe, Anything on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, any of them, we would definitely appreciate it. And send us comments or email us at happyending. No, 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 no. Don't email us there. Email us at joyshappyendings at gmail.com because we would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you guys have a happy ending.